Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. Good morning. My name is Michael Berry. I'm the president of the board of Unity of Farmington Hills. I want to thank you for being here today. What an exciting day for us. Five years, almost five years ago, our founding minister uh, suddenly retired without a transition plan, which put us on a journey of uh, reflection and self-discovery. We recreated our mission statement. We recreated our vision statement. We identified our five core values, which we display every week in our church. And we set on a mission of prayer to find our next leader. And as we know, um, God does all things in his time. And so over five years, almost five years, um, we really um, prayed and hoped for the best. And a little over a year ago, Kelly Coles came across our path. And I think almost instantly we said, that's our minister. She had a few things to get to, uh, the issues to take care of. She had to graduate from ministerial school and become Reverend Kelly Coles. That happened last year. Then she had to ma uh, marry the Honorable Howard Kincaid to become the Reverend <laughs> Kelly Kincaid. Thank you, Howard. And last month, and then for a year, it was like, okay, this is the one. We've got to wait a year so she can do her uh, internship at Unity Livonia. And we sent a loving uh, uh, halo of light around her to support her there and to make sure she came back here. <laughs> <laughs> and last month, she was ordained as Reverend Kelly Catrice Kincaid. <laughs> and though for over a year we felt that she is our minister, in fact, she was a guest. And so today, it is our distinct honor and privilege to install her as the minister of Unity of Farmington Hills. She has chosen to help her in that installation service, her mentor and good friend, Reverend Carol Amos, who is, as you may know, one of the Detroit Eight, one of the original graduates of the Urban Ministerial School. And I would be remiss if I didn't introduce the person who is involved in almost every talk that Reverend Kelly gives, her father, yes. who is in the back row. Yes. <laughs> who we all know, the LGLG. LG. <laughs> I say he's the original OG, <laughs> but the LGLG. LG. So without further ado, I invite you up to do your ceremony. What an honor and beautiful day for a rite of passage yes. uh, and for the blessing of this ministry. In honor of Reverend Ruth Mosley, who is the founder of the Urban Ministerial Program, I bring to you the scripture, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to peach Preach good, good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, 
to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise and the for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. This installation service, I invite you to just stay in your heart. It has been a journey, and Reverend Kelly has overcome a lot of obstacles to be here today. Unity of Farmington Hills is a loving and, and vibrant spiritual community that teaches and inspires all to experience joy and abundance and to practice sacred service. We are gathered here today to install Reverend Kelly Catrice Kincaid as Minister of Unity of Farmington Hills and to rededicate ourselves to the principles of truth and the purpose of a unity minister. Ministers of unity churches act in threefold capacities. They serve as pastor of the congregation and counselor to all who come to them for help. They are the spiritual leaders of the people and have sole charge of the conduct of public worship, the performance of all ministerial functions, the direction of the youth programs and the selection of adult youth leaders and the curriculum. They are the pastoral supervisors of the prayer ministry and have the privilege of ministering to the spiritual needs of the congregation. Number two, they serve as the official and accredited teacher of unity classes under the authority of Unity Worldwide Ministries in conjunction with Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute. Number three, they serve under the bylaws as executive directors for the day-to-day -day business functions of the ministry. I now present to the Board of Directors and the Congregation of Unity of Farmington Hills, Reverend K Kelly Catrice Kin Kincaid to be installed as a senior minister of this church. We believe there is only one presence and one power in the universe and in our personal lives, God the good, omnipotent. We believe the, in the divinity of men and women, that the principles of God is in, individualized and become personal through each person as the Christ. The congregation, please affirm after me, I am an individualized expression of God. Together, I am an individualized expression. I am a spiritual being. I am divine. I am a spiritual being. I am divine. We believe that our mind is the instrument through which we manifest the power of God. Our thoughts create our reality. I dedicate my life to the power of prayer. I acknowledge that my every thought, word, and deed is a prayer. I pray consciously. 
We believe in the power of denial and affirmations as a process of prayer and a practical way to change our thoughts. Together? I let go of the power of error thought and affirm positive life-affirming words of truth. We believe in the practice of listening to God through the discipline of meditation. Together. I come still and listen to my inner voice, the voice of God. I follow my inner guidance. We believe in Jesus the Christ as the elder brother and way sure. He was the most perfect manifestation of the Christ. Together. The teachings and demonstrations of Jesus are an inspiration to my life. We believe that our purpose in life is to demonstrate our understanding of these truth principles and doing so empower others together. I am a true manifestation of the principles of truth. I demonstrate them in my life. I am a blessing to all. Do you, Reverend Kelly, accept these principles and promise to adhere to them and make them a basic I of do. your teachings? I do. do you concentrate yourself to this ministry that you will always do your utmost to reflect the Christ within and all that you think, say, and do? I do. Do you dedicate yourself to be constantly aware of the spirit within all people and that you will see only the perfect spiritual person Perfect in mind, body, and spirit. Do. do you promise to minister faithfully and lovingly to the people now committed to your charge and to seek ever to be an example of moderation, patience, and loving kindness? I do. By the power invested in me and God, by God, I now bless this ministry with good health, peace, and prosperity by the power invested in me by the unity urban ministerial program and by the power invested in me by unity worldwide ministries i present to you reverend kelly catrice kincaid
give them another hand? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a Michael Jackson song, right? <laughs> Woo! That's how you get the juices stirring. You play some Michael Jackson. Either that or some old school Temptations or yeah. some old school Motown. Yeah. What y'all know about that? Yeah. <laughs> Probably more than me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I am so excited to be up here today, I tell you. Can you tell? Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so I usually start off with something funny. And I, I have a cute little joke, and if you don't think it's funny, that's okay, fake it. <laughs> Laugh anyway, it's good for the soul. It shakes away all the debris, and it brightens up your day, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I heard this story about these three ministers who, um, they were pastors of churches, and they used to, they always went out fishing. Every Sunday, they'd take their time after, after they'd do their little service, they'd go out and go fishing, right? And so one time, the, one of the pastors was sitting on a boat, and he was thinking, he said, you know what, guys, we've been doing this for seven years but we have never been intimate with each other. We've never shared anything deep with each other. I tell you what, why don't we share our weakness, our, 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 our weakness that we are the most ashamed about with each other and we can pray for each other. And they're, they're like, okay. So the, he said, I'll get started. He said, I have a tendency of uh, being a gambler. I, 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 I take my money and I go spend it and I'm really ashamed of that and I'd like you guys to pray for that for me. And so they were like, okay. So he prayed for him. And then the second guy said, well, you know what? I have a tendency of cheating on my taxes. I don't, I don't uh, claim everything I make. And then he's like, I feel really bad about that. And they're like, okay. So they prayed for him. And the second guy was sitting there like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, we're not going anywhere till you say what yours is. He was just, <laughs> you know, just biting at the bit. And they were like, tell us what yours is. He said, okay. <sighs> I have a trouble with gossiping, and I can't wait to get off this boat. <laughs> so they prayed extra hard for him. <laughs> they wanted to make sure their secrets didn't get out. How many of us know a gossiper or two? <laughs> How many of us might have done some gossiping ourselves? <laughs> yeah, I know. You had some deep business. Woo! So today, the title of my talk is Make a Difference. And I must admit that I had a little bit of a meltdown yesterday. Every time I go into, or, or you, might, you might relate with this, relate to this, every time you go into a new change, something new, something big that happens in your life, you might get a little bit nervous. You might have a little bit of a uh, meltdown, right? And so I did. I had a little bit of a meltdown on my way home from, last night we had euchre night here, and it was a lot of fun. Did you, the guys who came in, I learned how to play some euchre, and my husband did too. So now we got bidwist and euchre in our pocket. Because last week we learned, my, my uh, folks taught us how to play bidwist. So anyway, on the way home, I'm like, I, and, and Howard knows me. Like, when I go like this, he's like, okay, what's wrong? You're going in prayer mode. What's, up? What's wrong, right? And I was like, uh, you know. So anyway, he could tell that I was starting to feel 
nervous. This is a big step taking over a church, right? It's a big step. And so he was talking, well, this is something you've been doing for a while. You've been working with the church. You know, you get, and I was like, and I'm nervous to get up there and speak. I said, my folks going to be here. <laughs> you know, those who trained me up, you know, I got Reverend Shelek there, Reverend Leslie, Reverend Carol, Reverend Larry here, um, Miss, Miss Bonnie, Reverend Bonnie, who she and I got ordained together, Reverend Josephine. You know, it's, it's a lot. Every, everybody who's here, Reverend Cynthia, she was starting off, she was finishing up as I was starting off, but it's like, and those of you who I don't see, I, I, I don't, please don't, uh, please forgive me, I'll say that, I'm excited up here. So anyway, I was talking about that, and so on the way home, I was kind of, com you know, comforted, but then when Howard left to go to work, woo, the panic really hit, hit, right? So I called my trusty old daddy. I called my dad, because I always call him every time I go through that thing. I remember sometimes I'd call, you know, your mama gives you that. Your mama gives you that. To the, uh, you know, she comforts you and gives you that love. It's going to be okay, baby. But you, sometimes I need to hear the truth, truth, right? <laughs> sometimes I need to hear somebody smack me and say, get right, you know? So I call my daddy. <laughs> he doesn't really smack me. He just gets me to a place. <laughs> Got to watch your words, right? He, yeah, a spiritual, he, you know, a spiritual shaking. So he said, you remember how nervous you were when you started kindergarten? I said, yeah. He said, that was a big step, and it turned out perfect, right? I said, yes. He said, you remember how nervous you were when you started high school? And see, that was a big step for me because I had to take the bus to Cass, which was a ways down, you know. And, now was, and that was scary. And I said, yeah. He said, you did that too, right? I said, yeah. He said, and you've been being trained for this, right? I said, yeah, I have. He said, then why be afraid? And he did his LGLG. I'm like, ah, I can't get rid of the LGLG. But I love the LGLG because it always centers you. Let go and let God, right? So today what I want to talk about, the title of my talk is Make a Difference. So we're coming together as a church. I've made a covenant to this church, and this church has made a covenant to me. And you guys have all been witness to this covenant. And so you're part of this foundation. And so we have, we've come to a position right now that we're deciding to make a change. And in the scripture, as I asked God, what scripture should I use? It was interesting because the scripture that Reverend Ruth, who is the founder of Unity Urban Ministerial School, the school that I got trained up with, and most of the people, most of the ministers, all of the ministers here got trained up in, we, the scripture that she used was, Isaiah 61 and 1, 1 through 3, which is what Reverend Carroll read. But then as I read a, a little bit deeper into it and I, and I meditated, God asked me to use or told me to use the scripture that comes from Luke. It's chapter 4, and it's verses 16 through 21. Now, I must confess, I had it on a thumb drive, and I forgot to hand it to Dwayne. So I'm just going to read it to you, and we're going to let God do what God do, okay? All right. So. This is coming from the Revised Standard, uh, New Revised Standard Version, and this is my Bible I got when I was ordained. I'm so excited. Isn't it beautiful? Okay. Now, let me give you a little bit of, um, of uh, uh, let's start off, let me just give you a little bit of story before we get here about Jesus. So Jesus is baptized, and then he is led into the wilderness for 40 days, and then in the wilderness is where he consecrates himself. He consecrates himself in his mind, in his body, in his soul. 
he, he, he uh, overcomes the temptation of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, right? And then after that, he starts his ministry. And then he goes back to Nazareth where he was raised up. And this is where we are now, when he comes back to Nazareth. And it says, this is, chap this is verse 16, Luke chapter 4, this is verse 16. When he came to Nazareth where he had brought, been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as, his, as was his custom. He stood up to read. And see, back then, what would happen is the, pers the person who was going to read next would stand up, they'd hand him the scroll, he'd read it, and then he'd sit down and maybe espouse on it a little bit. Now, Jesus gets the scroll. And it says he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim, proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it to the attendant, and sat down. Now that's a drop of mic moment to me. <laughs> and as they're sitting there staring at him, because he says this with authority, like, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. As he's sitting there, they're sitting there staring at him like, eh? he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And I say to you today that this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing as well. Because we are all here to make a difference. Not just Jesus. And, and, and the kicker is, what he was reading, the reason why they're staring at him is because what he was reading was what the prophet Isaiah back in the Old Testament was prophesying about the Messiah. So now he's sitting here reading this with authority as if it's me. And then if, there's, if there was any other question about it, he says, oh, yeah, what you heard was true. It is me. In that hearing of what's going on, it is me. He proclaims it. So he, this is the first time he steps out and says, I am the Messiah, without saying, I am the Messiah. Because he's speaking and claiming those things that was prophesied about him and saying that is me. But I promise you today that those things were not just prophesied over Jesus. Those things are prophesied over all of us. We are all here to do what Jesus did, to make a difference. Jesus came to make a difference, to shift us out of the type of relationship that we had where we felt we were in bondage. To shift us out of a relationship where we felt that we were less than. To shift us out of a relationship where we felt like we came up under sin. Because when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it didn't make them evil. It gave them the knowledge of it. There's a difference there. And we walk this world sometimes as if we are evil. As if we are evil. And then we read the scriptures that say you're born up in evil. You're born up in sin. We were not born up in sin. When we were knitted in our mother's womb by the, the, by the creator himself, there was no sin up in there as we were created. There was no sin in what you, who you are right now. There is no sin there. But when you behave in a way 
that demonstrates that you are less than God, in that moment you are sinning. You're missing the mark. And sin is just an archery, archery bird that means that twing, you went to shoot and you missed the arrow. I mean, the arrow went way off the mark. That's what it means. So let's go into this scripture a little bit. He says, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. What's that mean? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. It means that he feels the presence of God. You ever had a moment where you knew everything was going to be okay in your life because you felt the presence of God? Like this peace welled over, over you beyond all understanding, and you knew everything was going to be okay. And you knew it wasn't going to be okay because you said so. You knew it was going to be okay because God said so. Anybody had that? Anybody? Am I the only one? Woo. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Thank you. So when you feel the presence of the Lord, you feel the spirit of the Lord welling down upon you. Just like when he was baptized, that dove came down and descended right on his shoulder, and he heard, this is my child in whom I'm, I'm greatly pleased. That's the same thing God is saying about us, not just Jesus. Jesus' life is an example of what we are. So it also says, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. To be anointed means to be consecrated. And be consecrated means your eyes are opened up to who you are. And the presence of the Holy Spirit comes forth from you in your actions, in your words, in your thoughts, in your deeds. That's to be consecrated, to be anointed. It means to be the presence intentionally because we are already the presence, but we don't always intentionally manifest as if we are. But when you're anointed, you intentionally take on the responsibility to live in the truth of who you are as if you know you are the truth of who you are. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so Jesus did this within himself first in order to make a difference in this world. We're called to do the same thing, and when you do, you become anointed. The Spirit of the Lord dwells on you is on you, you become anointed because you intentionally step into your responsibility Amen. to co-create. Isn't that awesome? Yes. And then he told what his mission was. He said that his mission was to bring good news to the poor. He said, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. He's being bold. And recovery of sight to the blind. And if that weren't enough, to let the oppressed go free. And then to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I know, I did my little move. <laughs> I get into it, they see me do my little giddy up. <laughs> it's like I'm getting up and going. So what does that mean? He wasn't just talking about in the physical. Jesus never spoke. Only on, Actually, he never spoke about the physical. He always spoke to the spirit within. That's why he said those who have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, because he always spoke to the spirit within. That's why he always said it is your faith that heals you, because when you have a connection to who you are and you feel the presence of God, that is what heals you, is the presence of the spirit within you is what heals you. Now, the medicine helps, 
and the doctors help, but your body was created to heal itself. So what the doctors do is they help give your body a boost into the natural capacity of what it's made to do. Back in the day, they lived, what, hundreds and years and all this stuff because they knew and they walked in the presence of God. And when we are in this space where we want to make a difference and we've consecrated ourselves and we've allowed the spirit of the God, of the Lord, to come upon us and feel the presence, we do, what does it say? Let me read it again because I don't want to get scripture wrong. Scripture is the word of God. Bring the good news. The good news, there's another word for the good news. Anybody know what that is? The gospel. The gospel. Gospel is God's spell, which represents the story of God. So he was here to bring the story of God to the poor. But this is it. This is the thing. It wasn't necessarily the financially poor. He wasn't talking to the financially poor. Of course, he was meaning it, but he wasn't talking to their financial circumstances. He was talking to those who are poverty in their consciousness, lack consciousness. Anytime you have lack, lack consciousness, and it isn't just money. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough time. How am I going to do this? I'm going to fall short. I'm a failure. Any of the lack consciousness, that's a poverty consciousness. God, Jesus came to give good news, God's uh, story, that you are not lack consciousness. You are abundant. You are prosperous. And when you know that every aspect of your life prospers, your finances prosper, you find out you have enough time to do anything and everything you want to do in your life. You realize that you are more than enough. Can I, say, can I get you to say I'm more than enough? I'm more than enough. Can I get you to say and I know it? And I know say it again. I'm more than enough. I'm more than enough. And I know it. And I know that I know that I know it. There we go. Now the next thing he said. The next thing he said was that we, he, he was sent to proclaim release to the captains. Uh, when you think about that, now, back in the day, the Hebrews were taken over by the Romans and all of that, right? They were captives. Some of them were thrown in jail because they were proclaiming God, you know, speaking up too much about their Hebrew or their Jewish tradition and everything. Yeah, they were thrown in jail, and they were in captive. They were in captivity. But that's not, I'm telling you, Jesus never talked to the flesh. Jesus did not bring the good news to the flesh. Jesus brought the good, good news to your consciousness, your inner self, so that when you walk in your inner self, your flesh changes, your circumstances changes. How many times have you felt caught up in your circumstances, in your mind? You were stuck in a situation and you could not find a way out. You didn't know what to do next. In those moments, you were captive. Jesus came to release that. But you make a difference in your own life when you draw on your relationship with God and say, I release this and give it all to you. This month, we have been talking about giving it all to God. And we have been moving into a deep spiritual understanding of what it means to give it all to God. That means give your unforgiveness to God. That means give your hate to God. That means give your, uh, all of your resentment to God. That means give your finances to God. That means give your relationship to God. That means give your children away to God. Everything, you give it to God. Your day, you open up your day and you say, I will follow your way, God. God's GPS system, not the one on the, on the phone or in the car. God's positioning system, because God's positioning system always positions you where you're supposed to be. 
because God has the position waiting for you to step into it. Does that make sense? Can I get another amen? amen. All right, I'm, woo we working this thing. <laughs> We're almost done. We're almost done. Woo-hoo-hoo. Okay, recovery of sight to the blind. Again, we are not talking, I wanted to say we ain't talking about, but I'm going to be properly. We are not talking about the physical world, what you can see with your physical eyes. Didn't Jesus say those who have the eyes to see? Whatever you focus on, you will create. Wherever your eye is looking, you will create. If you're sitting there looking at your circumstances and saying, oh, God. If you're sitting there looking at your circumstances and saying, oh, God. If you're sitting there looking at your circumstances and saying, oh, God. You are blind to the nth degree. Because the only way to see out of a situation in the way that it's going to manifest in your greatest good, the only way to release what's right in front of you is to look past what's in front of you to the inside Christ within What is the truth about your situation? The truth about your situation is your situation can change. It's relative. But the absolute truth about your situation is God is in a situation and God never changes. Ever. So, and the other truth about the situation is that God that never changes, that's the good in your situation, that's the absolute good absolutely in your situation, is the only one who knows the absolute good for your situation and is the only place to go to relieve yourself from the blindness of your situation. Even if it's illness, it's a circumstance of blindness somehow. And when you focus on it and keep telling, how you doing? Oh, I got this issue. And then, and then 10, months, 10 months later, how you doing? Oh, I got this issue. And they're blind. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Do you want to see? Do you want to see the truth of your situation? Even when your bank account says zero, you are still abundant. You are still prosperous. Don't look at that bank account. Don't look at what your circumstances say. Look at what God tells you, and God will open up your sight, and God will show you the way out of the situation, out of what seems like no way. I don't say God will show you a way out of no way, because there is never no way. With God, there's always a way. You just got to ask God, what is the way? Say, God, what is the way? No, I mean seriously. Say, God, what is the way? Thank you. Woo, y'all a tough crowd all of a sudden. All right, part of it is obedience. I'm just kidding. Oh, my goodness. And so when there's a situation, when Jesus had this man, he healed a blindness. And after, the man, after he'd, done, he'd, healed, he'd healed the, he put mud on the guy, he opened his eyes, and he said, what do you see? And the, guy, and, the, and the guy said, I see tree looking as men. Sometimes you get close to your, your sight. Sometimes you get close to it. And when you see trees looking like men, you got to go back inside and dunk them eyes again. And as my daddy would say, get rid of the heathen in you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's the truth. Because you move into the Christ. Christ sees all things, knows all things, bees all things, is all things in your life. And when you do that, you are released of oppression. 
What is oppression in the mind? The oppression in the mind is that constant critical person inside. That was stupid. Why did I do that? I knew better than that. What is up with that? And then you find there are people around you that are speaking it to you as well. Well, you're vibing on it, and you're making it okay to say that to you, so the rest of the world's going to say it to you too. You've oppressed yourself in that consciousness. And when they say Satan comes to you or whatever, and you've got to be in the consciousness to allow that to happen. Because the thoughts draw to you the manifestation in the outside world of what's going on inside. The Bible says, draw nigh to God, and Satan will flee. What that means, or the devil will flee. When you look at the word devil, like we said before, it means the word is the word lived backwards. And evil is the word lived backwards. You need time. You're experiencing what will be seeming like an evil expression or the experience of Satan. Draw nigh to the truth of who you are. Because in the light, there is no darkness. And that's what the Satan experience is, is darkness. So anytime you have an experience of that, open your eyes and release yourself from that. Make a difference in your life first. And then you can become the fortified expression of the anointing and the spirit of God that is upon you that you can make a difference in the world. Pull out your stones. We're going to bless these stones. See, the year of Jubilee, every seven years in the, in the Jewish tradition, they would let their land rest. But then on the, after, the 50th, after the 49th year, going into the 50th year, what would happen is all debts would be released in the Hebrew tradition. All debts would be released. We're going to proclaim that we're walking in a foundation of freedom. And we're walking into a knowing that we make a difference in this world. And we're going to walk into the knowing that God will show us how we're going to do it in our own individualized way. Okay? So take it and hold the stone in your hands. And we're going to bless it. We're going to say, God, thank you for making me who I am. Say it together. God, thank you for making me who I am. I am a difference in this world. I make a difference in this world. I proclaim it to be true for me. As you show me my way, I will follow it. Today. Today. I had to put a rhyme in there somehow. Okay. Now, so in this moment, we are walking into our year of Jubilee. We're going to move in our own lives in a way that releases how we look at ourselves. We're going to look at ourselves as if we are a beautiful expression of God that makes a difference in this world. And any area I want you guys to study this. Luke chapter 14, verses 16 through 21. Uh, Luke chapter 4, sorry. Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. Study it. Because when you notice yourself walking in blindness, you'll know how to proclaim the sight for yourself. When you see yourself talking to yourself in a way that's oppressing you, you can speak to that, those thoughts and deny the power of the thoughts. They're just thoughts. That the power you give them is the power they make, they become. Make a difference in your life and tell yourself the truth. In the moments that you feel stuck in your situation and captive, 
Make a difference in your life by telling yourself the truth. Pray with God. Let God give you the words to open yourself up to release yourself from your situation. Look past your situation and be the truth that you are. There's a song that we sing that says, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with who? Me. I want us to make a difference in this world, but I want it to begin with me. And so that's what we're going to do. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen.
little boy in Africa Do all you can Holy Mother from India Do all you can Be the change you wish to see in the world Do all you can Do all you can Do all you can